everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth. This is Natalie, your host. I'm excited for today's episode because we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Alisa Downsman. She is a yoga teacher. She's also a scientist. And she is from our partner studio, Loft Yoga Base St. Louis. Shanti Yoga Training School often collaborates with Loft Yoga in our 200-hour and 300-hour yoga programs uh, training school. It's been an amazing journey knowing Elisa for the past few years and just being with her on different aspects, friendship, and also uh, collaborating with uh, yoga projects or trainings, uh, teaching workshops. It's really all has been incredible for me. And I'm just thrilled to bring her to the community of Life on Earth podcast listeners today. This episode, she came into Shanti Yoga uh, Training School in a training. I asked her to do a presentation on tapas discipline. So that's what you guys are going to be listening to today. And there are so many jewels in this conversation. If you are in a place or when you are in a place that you can, um, you know, sit and grab a pen and a paper uh, when you're not driving... That will be great for you to go back and re-listen to this episode and use Elisa's questions as journaling prompts so that you can workshop this practice of tapas discipline in your own life. This episode is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Training School. We offer yoga programs where you can deepen your yoga practice both on and off the mat. We often Love to say we're bringing ancient wisdom into modern times, very practical wisdom that you can use to really uplift your life. And while at it, you get certified to teach. So it's just truly fantastic. Check out below on show notes and you will get the IG handle for Loft Yoga Base St. Louis if you want to go check it out. It's just this really awesome a uh, city on the coast with the beach, the Mississippi. It's just really lovely. The studio is lovely. If you're traveling, passing by, that's a studio you definitely want to go visit. You want to practice yoga at. Maybe you can even take Elisa's class. And also, if you are interested in yoga trainings and programs or workshops, you can also check uh, Loft Yoga Basin Lewis, or you can go to our website, shantiyogatrainingschool.com. And you will find all of the information there. You can reach out to us and I can certainly assist in guiding you, pointing you to the right direction. But all of this will be included on show notes. So definitely if you're interested to dive deeper, uh, you can look below and subscribe to the show. Share this episode with someone that you love. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. All right, everyone. This is it. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation about tapas and discipline with Alisa. Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace, and global equality, one earthling at a time. All right. Hello. My name's Alyssa Dousman. 
and Natalie asked me to come and talk about tapas and discipline or teach that as part of the yoga teacher training. I've been doing yoga for about 10 years. I've been a teacher between seven and eight years. I help manage this studio here at Loft Yoga Bay St. Louis. I'm a teacher for the Navy at Naval Special Warfare. I'm also the senior vice president and the chief scientist at a research institute. That's my day job. That's not my, my that's the job that pays the bills. And I actually do have done a lot of teaching as part of my day job and a little bit as part of yoga. But through my journey of getting to know Natalie, she said, you're one of the most disciplined people I have ever met. I don't understand how you get all these things done that you get done. I would like for you to talk to the students about discipline, teach a little bit about discipline, how I manifested in my life how it's changed me and I've grown and how I can share that with others. I'm far from perfect. This is kind of a journey for me as well. I'm gonna start a little bit about discipline. We're gonna talk about discipline on the mat in yoga, discipline off the mat, and then how that can be manifested in your life. I'll tell you more in the end, a little bit about me and how I kind of grew into this habit of being disciplined and why I am the way I am, if that makes any, any sense. But I'll start with discipline in yoga. All of you are familiar with the yamas and the niyamas, right? In the book by Deborah Adele. And the niyamas, right, is they are the, translates into not restraints or observances, right? It's the adult relationship with one's minds and thoughts, seeking internal and personal harmony through different observances. The third observance is called tapas or self-discipline, all right? And, or the third niyama is tapas. They think about it as discipline or burning enthusiasm. A question to you all, when you think of discipline, what do you think about? I'm gonna just say it out. I'll repeat it if people can't hear. Not doing anything fun. All right, that's an interesting... Well, we'll talk a little bit about that because hopefully by the end of the talk, you'll see it differently. What a, that's a good point. Hey, yeah, there you go. Disciplinarian at school, like putting the hammer down. Anybody else? Military, discipline, maybe that's why. We had a comment from one of our military representatives here about not doing anything fun. Just kidding. Anybody else? Doing the same thing over and over. Restrictions. Mm -hmm. Not procrastinating. That's a good one. Well, this is kind of, that makes me a, a little sad because <laughs> that everybody, most everybody has kind of a negative thought about discipline. I'm going to tell you about how discipline brings you joy and freedom and happiness because that is what has manifested in my life as a result of being disciplined. But I have a very positive, like, I love discipline. I am going to talk about how it's like the greatest thing. Honestly, like it's gonna be, if you can manifest it in your life, it'll change your life in, in so many positive ways, it's hard to explain. But I'll talk a little bit about it in yoga and some of the definitions and how that manifests. And then I'm gonna kind of translate that into how it manifested in my life because it, in my life, it didn't start with yoga. Yoga actually came later after discipline. Discipline was introduced to me in my life through Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon over 25 years ago. It was just, and it was a total different kind of transformation. Then I took into yoga 
right? Brought it on the mat. And then I learned more in yoga and then was able to take it back off the mat again. So it's kind of a very circular path. But I think it's a, everybody has their own journey. There's no right or wrong, right? But maybe that's why, because those of you who know me and don't know me well, but Candina knows me pretty well. Natalie, Sam, like yesterday, I taught a yoga class and we had a birthday playlist because it was two of the yogis' birthday, and it was fun. I mean, we were singing birthday chick, and people were shaking their butts and down dog, and it doesn't, life doesn't have to be so serious all the time, and yoga doesn't have to be so serious all the time, and discipline doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Like, you can still be disciplined and enjoy yourself, but kind of in summary, discipline is about making the choices that support the you that you want to become, right? And maybe you are the you you want to become right now, and maybe discipline brought you here, but most people are have a desire to grow and change. Sometimes it does mean sacrifice. What do you have to sacrifice now and for the future, right? Like, what, what does that mean? Sacrificing momentary pleasures for future reward. What, what can that be like? Well, I really want to lose weight. What does that mean, right? It means, well, I can't eat as much junk food, right? That's like a sacrifice for a future reward, right? It also means in the activities you take in your practice, if you want to grow in your practice, you actually have to be disciplined in your practice but the time you spend on the mat in your practice is time you're not doing something else, right? It may mean a sacrifice of something else to do something different that you want to do because you have a goal. It is a choice. And I like to tell everybody that. Like, I wasn't born with discipline. I'll talk a little bit about that. I was actually very undisciplined, which is why I became disciplined, right? It's, it's a choice. And I believe life is about choices, right? And you can make a choice. I am an A-type personality. Sometimes I have to manifest my B-type personality. If you're a B-type personality, maybe you need to manifest a little A to become a little bit more dif- disciplined. But what I like to tell people is to hold on for the blessing because the sacrifice can actually bring joy, pleasure, right? It can bring accomplishment, inner peace, an arm balance that you've been wanting to get for a long time, a handstand. Maybe you become a kinder, nicer person because you've worked hard at that, and then you like yourself more because you're actually nicer to other people, right? Not everybody is nice all the time, and including me. My mom always says, you're a nice person, but you are not a sweet person. Like, it's very funny. And she doesn't mean it as an insult. She's quite honest. But I don't, like, exude sweetness, actually. I just don't. That's not who I am. I'm not innate. I'm an introvert by, by nature, so I'm not always really warm. But I am a nice and a kind human being, right? And that's okay. But I also did have to work a little bit for that. And she, raising me and growing up, also helped me work on how to be a kinder person to other people. Tapas or discipline is the willingness to be both burned and blessed, right? I mean, it is hard to get there, right? I'm not going to say that all the negative you think things you said wasn't maybe a part of it, but it's not all of it. And sometimes you have to go through the fire to get through the other side, right? Moment by moment, who am I choosing to become? And what are the choices I'm making to get there? The definition of discipline as tapa self-disciplined thinking about it from the yamas and the niyamas, right? Or Deborah Adele's book, think about it from heat, catharsis, spiritual effort, change, right? Tolerance, transformation. Like when I say the word transformation, you probably don't have a lot of negative connotation, 
but discipline and transformation actually go hand in hand, right? And that's kind of where the positive comes from because you can be transformed. And of course, I'm a scientist by education. I had to go to the Webster Dictionary, of course, to get the definition of discipline because I thought that would be nice to share. Discipline is both a noun and a verb, right? It's control gained by enforcing obedience or order, orderly prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior, something that you mentioned briefly, self-control. Um, punishment is a definition of discipline. I ignore that one, right? I don't think about it, but punishment is one of the definitions. One of the ones I like, training that corrects molds or perfects mental faculties or moral character, right? I want to be a better person. It can be a field of study, as we know, a discipline is a field of study, a rule or a system of rules governing conduct or activity, which I think is very, will be very complementary to what we're going to discuss today. The verb discipline can be to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. I don't like to think of punishing myself, but I do think, like to think of what do I have to sacrifice to do the things I need to do to perfect my own moral character. The verb also to train, to develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. To bring a group under control, right? To discipline your troops. All right, that gives you some different definitions of discipline. The root word of tapas, right? Self-discipline comes from the Sanskrit verb tap, which means to burn, to pull forth fiery discipline passion or burning enthusiasm. And, and I like that too, think about it, burning enthusiasm. That is also a very positive uh, thought process. It doesn't have to be bad. Tapas or discipline can be seen as the courage needed to burn off impurities. Physically, mentally, and emotionally, we can grow, right? Sometimes you gotta get rid of the bad stuff, you can grow into the good stuff. And it's interesting, I had this in my notes, which is something you all said earlier, or somebody said earlier. Tapas doesn't have to mean being solemn and serious though. The fieriness is what gets our heart pumping, heightens our desire for personal growth, and reminds us of how much we love our yoga practice. To me, even being disciplined in yoga doesn't mean you can't enjoy yourself, doesn't mean you can't have fun, doesn't mean you can't laugh, right? You don't have to take yourself so seriously even in discipline. Tapas does have relevance both on and off the yoga mat. And as I indicated earlier, many people think that discipline is something you're born with. Like some people are disciplined and some people are not disciplined, but it, it's not. It's actually much more than that. It's um, something that you can cultivate in your life. And I'm a really big fan and I'll probably repeat some of these things again. And I've learned oftentimes as part of my day job, right? When you give talks to people, they typically will only remember like 10% of what you say, right? I will probably repeat some of the things that I think are important more than once. You'll hear them more than once and that's okay. It gets back to choices, right? It's a choice that you make in your life. Self-discipline is effort towards a future value that you want in lieu of a momentary pleasure right now, right? As I indicated, I'm going to talk about discipline on the mat, what it means to be disciplined on the mat, right? And a lot of you guys will experience that here. I'll give some examples of how Natalie helps us be disciplined on the mat, how you translate that to off the mat, and how it's practically implemented. Finding what I call the true freedom, the joy, and the happiness that discipline can actually manifest in your life. 
And hopefully through my experience, you all can learn something from that and grow through that. And I'm always learning and growing as well. When I was going through and preparing this talk, I was actually learning more about myself through this process. Just to kind of pause, what do you all think of when we talk about discipline on the yoga mat? Like, what does that mean? And if you don't have an answer, that's fine too. Staying focused in your practice, breath control. For me, it's like now it always changes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of an interesting thing that discipline changes. Right. But for me now, it's like just getting on my mat. Right. Like if I just step on my mat and I start breathing and moving, it's like, yay. That's right. That's really, I like that. Well, one thing I like to think about, about discipline on the yoga mat is it's not necessarily harder physically, right? Discipline on the yoga mat may be for some of us to build a meditation practice because we actually do a really strong physical practice, but we don't spend our time meditating, right? It's different things for different people. Maybe you want inner peace, but you don't breathe and meditate to get there, right? If your goal is inner peace, but the pathway to inner peace, a, a part of that path is meditation, then maybe you got to have the discipline to like sit down and meditate, right? For five or 10 minutes a day and make that commitment, right? And then how do you do that, right? And it's very easy to talk about. I'm going to give you guys some like super practical tips on how to make some of these things happen and how to create that space in your life. And it's also important to start small and then grow. If you want to build a meditation practice, I think there was an, another colleague or friend of now, I was like, we want to do an hour of meditation a day. And I was like, never signing up for that, not doing it, right? And, and I'm not saying that I will never do that, but if I want to build a meditation practice, like starting, starting with an hour a day, you might be setting yourself up to fail. I'm not saying everybody is, but you don't want to do that either. Maybe it's like, I'm just going to sit for like, three minutes, right? That's why earlier when Natalie said, we're just going to sit in meditation or not meditation for 25 breaths. For some people, 25 breaths is a long time to sit in one place for meditate. And if that's where you start, then that's a good place to start. Don't criticize yourself for that. Don't beat yourself up. Like I'm not doing enough because only you can define of what is enough for you. At the same time, discipline could also on your mat be building the strength and doing the exercises you need to do arm balances or handstands or some kind of advanced pose, right? And you can spend a lot of, of time to say, well, I really want to learn how to do crow pose, but I've never done an arm balance in my life. Maybe you spend some time before and after your yoga practice working on that, seeking out your teacher and asking them or watching a video online and saying, okay, somebody gave me some tips and some practical things I can do to grow my strength to do that arm balance, I'm gonna spend three minutes every day working on that, right? And those are the kinds of things that you think about with discipline and starting small and growing from there. Personally for me, my yoga practice is really important to me. And part of the reason it's important to me is it keeps me sane and it actually keeps my brain sane. It keeps my physical body healthy, but it also calms my mind. And the physical part of my practice does help to calm my mind. For example, I travel a lot for work 
not during quarantine. I haven't in the last year of COVID, whenever this is recorded, but for the last 20 something years of being employed, I have always traveled a lot. I always travel with a yoga mat, right? I have like a travel yoga mat. It's really important to me. I will bypass the extra pair of cute shoes for the conference. I'm serious to bring the yoga mat, right? It's a choice, right? And then I will schedule a yoga practice either in my hotel room, right? Even online, right? I'll find a class online I wanna take. Pre-quarantine, wherever I went on travel before I even went, I would look for all the yoga studios in the area and see if I could find one that was close to me. I would plan an Uber or I would find one that I could walk to, right? Or if I rented a car, I would drive there. But I made it an important part to me to say, just because I'm traveling doesn't mean I quit practicing. And that can be the same with food. Like, just because I'm traveling doesn't mean I eat crappy, right? And, and a lot of people justify that, because I'll be honest with you, if, if, if I had that thought process through my traveling, I would be very, very heavy and very out of shape because I was on the road a lot, right? And, and so kind of thinking through, how do I have the discipline what are the choices that I make? And the choices that I personally, Alyssa makes is yoga is really important to me. How do I make sure I incorporate that? And one time I was traveling, got stuck overnight in a hotel room from weather, didn't have my bags. And I got up one morning and I just put a towel on the ground and I had my iPad and I found a 30-minute Annie Carpenter video that you, that Natalie had told us is this is in the 300-hour teacher training to do. And I just did it on the floor in the hotel room, on the towel. And then I went up and got up and took a shower, right? The carpet's not going to kill me. It's going to be okay. It's, it's just kind of thinking through those things and, and making some of those choices. Discipline is also about practicing even when you don't want to practice, right? It's kind of Getting to what Natalie said, like sometimes it's just like I got on my mat and that's discipline for me today. And sometimes you don't want to, right? So you just are like, I don't want to get on my mat. Even if you say, I'm just going to get on my mat and I'm going to do five sun salutations. That's it. That's fine, right? I'm going to do five. I'm not saying take 30 minutes or an hour, right? Do five sun salutations. And you might find after five, you're like, I think I'd like to do 10. Maybe I'd like some B's some A's, some C's, maybe I'll throw in a moon salutation. You may find that your fire gets ignited and that you want to stay. You want to develop the fiery passion to get up and do your practice for the love of it, but you have to commit to it to burn the impurities away. Some people don't want to get up early. I'm a very early riser, um, but I know that some people who do make the choice to get up early and, and, and show up, we have a lot of 6.15 a.m. classes here, right? They'll show up and then they'll be like, man, I'm so glad I did that practice. Rarely after you practice, you're like, wow, I really wish I hadn't gotten up and gone to yoga. I, I just, it's not, it doesn't typically happen, right? But it is amount of making a decision. For a lot of us, it's making the decision to go to bed a little earlier. You can get up and practice discipline. Some people here mentioned that they go to bed at nine. I go to bed oftentimes earlier than nine, sometimes eight, sometimes 7.30. Not drinking too much or eating unhealthy food because you wanna feel good about your practice and discipline. This morning, yesterday was one of our colleagues' birthdays and she ate carbs all day. She showed up for the 8.30 a.m. advanced class here this morning that I did not teach. I had a substitute because 
I just wanted to practice, but I did not want to teach because I was going to be here this afternoon. And she was like, I'm feeling those carbs today. I ate carbs all day yesterday. And I said, but at least you had the discipline to show up today. And she did. Good for her, right? Not drinking too much or eating unhealthy foods, right? It's all tapas, right? Burning away the negative thought patterns, the bad habits, maybe the drinking, the eating, the sloth, whatever it could be, because you want to have discipline to be able to practice on your yoga mat because you know that's going to help you go. The other thing I think about, about discipline and yoga is holding a pose for a really long time even when you don't want to do that. Natalie makes us do that sometimes, as you guys will all know, right? Sometimes you're holding in a pose and you're thinking, even today, does she still know we're in Warrior Three? Like she's talking and does she understand, right? But that's the discipline. I asked Natalie once and she was like, that's the way it is, right? Like, yes, I do want you to hold in that pose. Yesterday, I was teaching the birthday class and we had a full class here, right? And I had everybody holding in half moon and then I decided to tell them a story why they were holding in half moon. And halfway through, I said, by the way, I, all, I know you're all still in half moon. I'm, way, I'm well aware that I've asked you guys to stay there. But some of that is building the discipline to be like, I don't want to be in this pose anymore, but I'm going to hold it a little longer, right? I'm going to burn through and I'm not saying do it to the point of injury. That's not the point. But to ask yourself, it's okay to be uncomfortable. I teach at Naval Special Warfare. That's how I, I met Sam. And one of the funny things about it is those guys, they're mostly guys, they grunt a lot because they're really tight and we're asking them to do things to loosen up. And then they're like, oh, this is so hard. And I was like... If you thought you came to yoga to be comfortable, that is not why you're here. Like, this is not about comfort. I said, it's about discomfort, but moving through the discomfort, you can be comfortable later, right? And for a lot of them, it's about building mobility, right? That their long-term goal may be to work longer, but they're not going to be able to work longer if they don't build the mobility to be there. Some of them are coming because they want greater peace of mind, but they've got to go through the fire of the practice to get through to the other side. Cultivating a sense of tapas or discipline in your physical practice could also mean trying poses you avoid or find difficult or leaning mindfully like into that edge, right? So sometimes like one of the most uncomfortable poses I think is lizard, right? Right? I can find that difficult. And then there's a version of lizard where you kind of, you're, you're pretty low down and then you bind behind your back and your back leg is off. I mean, it's, it's a tough pose. And then holding in that and knowing that, I mean, a lot of you can do it. You just don't want to do it because it's not comfortable, but trying it. And that will also help you build the strength in your legs. It can help you build your arm practice, your, you know, your arm balance practice. And also discipline does mean realizing it does take time to get into a more advanced version of a pose. It doesn't have to be discouraging at all, right? Having the discipline to practice consistently, the humility to admit we're not perfect, we're not, it's essential to reaping the rewards that the, rewards the discipline has to offer. I personally, I've suffered shoulder injuries, wrist injuries. I know when it's time to stop better now uh, and sit and meditate. I mean, I have a torn rotator cuff that I've decided to not get su su surgery on. And I just work around that. And 
honestly, like 90%, 95% of what everybody else can do, does, I can do. And there's a little th few things I can't, or I know will injure myself worse if I do. And I make the choice to not do it. And, and I'm okay with that too. I have limitations. We all have limitations. It's okay to know your limitations and get through it. But at the same time, it's also okay to say, I have somewhere where I want to go. I have a goal I want to get to, and I want to build to get there. And before I came into yoga, and I didn't say this when I introduced myself, but I'm 46 years old now, and I've only been doing yoga about 10 years. And before I did yoga, I was a runner, right? I did, did a lot of running. I played basketball growing up. And then what happened over time is I became more and more injured and I just, I couldn't run the way I used to, chronic, chronic plantar fasciitis. And so I started to move into yoga and really started to build a more physical yoga practice because that, that helped me. That helped me with some fire that I needed inside. And so about eight years ago, I was at a studio in New Orleans, it was very busy. I was at the front. I was in downward facing dog. I mean, I remember this moment clearly in my mind. Is in downward facing dog, and there's a dude in the back of the room. I can see underneath my legs, and he's like in a full handstand in the middle of the room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how is he doing that, right? And he's like, handstands, chaturangas, up dogs, and I was like. I would really like to be able to do that. Like, how could I be able to do that? Can I do that? And I started on my own journey of a handstand practice. And a lot of it, because I was living here in Bay St. Louis at the time, it's a, this is a very small town. I would go to New Orleans and take some classes. I took a lot of classes online, learned from a lot of really great teachers. And I consistently worked for four years to build a handstand practice that I could be the person that I wanted to be. Not that anybody else wanted me to be, but I had a goal and I said, I would like to be able to do that. Why can't I do that? If somebody else can do that, why can't I? I was 42 years old before I could hold a handstand in the middle of the room off of the wall. And it took a lot of years of work and discipline and I teach inversion workshops. I taught a floating and inversion workshop last week. And one of the things I teach is there's a whole bunch of exercises that you should do. And you need to spend about 30 minutes a day doing them outside of your yoga practice, not during your yoga practice, outside of your yoga practice. And it's everything from core strengthening exercises and going upside down and having the discipline to do that. But I'll tell you how I integrated it in. I always had a yoga practice. I would take 15 minutes before every practice and 15 minutes after every practice to do my exercises. If I was going to a studio, I would just show up 15 minutes before class, which is fine. Most studios are open 15 minutes before class, maybe not before then. And you just kind of, you, I made a decision to work those things into my life because that was a goal that I had, but it, it, did, it didn't come I, I don't know, it didn't come easily. It was something I wanted to do and I made a choice to do it, right? So, and I think about it like that, but it's also brought me a lot of joy. I find it very challenging. It brings me a lot of focus. One of the reasons why I like that physical part of my practice is because my brain moves a lot. I tell people sometimes there's so many conversations going on in my head. I feel like the voices are all talking to each other, right? And so, and I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels like that, but... If I'm in a hard yoga pose, if I'm in a handstand, I'm also not thinking about anything else, right? It just brings all that focus right in. And I'm also accepting that in a matter of time, in some years, I'm not gonna be able to do that anymore. And that's okay too. I will find 
other challenging physical parts of my practice that I will grow into, right? I mean, some of you, I'm not over 50 yet, but I'm getting there, right? And that's okay. I'm okay with, with getting older. And then thinking about tapas or discipline from being on the yoga mat to moving off of the yoga mat into our everyday lives. Like, what does that mean? When we breathe through challenging situations in a yoga mat, mat practice, such as a difficult pose, when we find the strength to lift up into an arm balance, we previously thought was impossible, right? We can take those lessons and we can take them off the mat and it can build the strength we need to get through really hard situations. It could be a death in the family, right? It could be a, it could be a crappy job. I mean, some of, some of us may be in jobs we don't like, right? But we also know I need to be employed. I need to have a job. I've got to work, right? I've got to pay my bills. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't potentially work towards educating yourself if you want to move into a different role or look for another job. But all of that also takes discipline, right? Sometimes you'll have these voices in your head that will say, you're not smart enough to go back to school. You can't do that. You can't work and go to school and do those things. And, and it's about saying, I'm not gonna listen to that voice because I can, right? I can do those things if I have the choice to do those things. And I might have to make sacrifices to do those things, right? time sacrifices. I'll talk a little bit about that later on, like the time sacrifices that I have, you have to make to do some of the things you want to do, right? And with all of that, I've covered most of my notes. I would ask you all, and nobody has to respond, are there things that you would like to do and voices that you have in your head that are telling you not to do it that you think with discipline and strength you could get there? Does anybody here have anything they want to share? All right. We're going to talk about a little bit in relation to being on and off the mat of stoking the inner fire, right? Agni, right? And the inner fire, our core above the navel is where our Manipura chakra lies. This center governs our self-confidence, inner strength, willpower, and self-discipline, <clears throat> Manipur is associated with fire and the power of transformation, right? So we're talking about transformation. It also is said to govern digestion and metabolism as the home of Agni. So think about digestion and metabolism as of getting rid of the things you don't want, right? You can, can, can transform into what you do want. That's all part of discipline, but thinking about it inside your body and, and in your health as well. For example, practitioners, right? Like in, I would even say Natalie, working through things like helping people with their Manipura chakra. This is not something Alyssa personally does, but I do think Natalie does, right? But they, they work on this area to help promote better digestion and elimination, right? Weak inner fire, weak agni in the body can also lead to incompletely digested food. It also can lead to poor thoughts, poor emotions, and a source of toxicity. Think about working on that inner fire and that chakra so that you can remove yourself of toxins, right? And stoking that. Transformation happens when we allow change to happen and stepping outside of our comfort zone. Just like we... I was talking about early and earlier and talking about with all of you, practicing poses we're not confident with or a little afraid of, 
we do begin to grow and learn about ourselves. Doing things we don't wanna do, getting outside of our comfort zone, right? That's part of transformation, doing those things, right? If things are too easy all the time, we actually don't tend to learn the life lessons we need to, to make us stronger and more well-rounded people, right? That's just, most people know that growth and transformation comes out of pain, right? There's not, discipline may take a little pain and a little sacrifice that you can grow. But it's really important when working on discipline that you come from a place of positivity and love, right? And not from fear, right? You're doing something because you, you want to change and not totally because you're afraid of something. Although fear can be a powerful motivator. And we should also think about when you push yourself, you don't do it because of your ego, right? But because you really believe that you can get a little bit further. If you're working on a hard pose, don't push yourself because of your ego and then injure yourself, which most of us, I know I personally have done, right? right? But ask yourself, I can go a little farther, but now I know that I need to stop in, in, in thinking about that. All right. I do want to talk about or kind of end this with how you practically implement it in your life to enjoying and finding that freedom that, that I was talking about, right? Getting back to what I said earlier, Natalie had said to me, you're one of the most disciplined people that I know. Can you come and talk about discipline? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> sure, I will do that. And I do have a relatively full life, right? I've got a full-time job. I've got the yoga studio. I teach here at the studio. I teach at two other places, right? But I also still have time to take na naps. I'm going to be honest. I have time to sit on the couch. I love to walk. I spend time walking. And one thing I learned, and is most, one of the most important things I learned early in, in yoga teacher training was you cannot be a good teacher if you do not practice, right? My practice is my priority over my teaching because I'm a better teacher if I'm a good practitioner. I have to create space in my life for my practice. And we'll talk a little bit about holding space because Natalie talks about holding space for us in, in a room and for her students. But I also want you to think about what it means to hold space in your life and create space in your life for the things that you love to do. And that's what discipline is about, right? And that's why I talk about it bringing freedom and transformation and happiness because what I do is I am disciplined to create space in my life so I can do the things I love to do as opposed to doing the things I actually don't want to do. I did learn early on in life, there are no free lunches, right? You have to work hard to get what you want. That's just part of life. And I spoke early on and I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous when I was in my late teens and Al-Anon really struggled in areas of my life. And I was very undisciplined and I wanted to change. And it's something that a lot of people in my family struggled with. And so I'm going to read you a quote of all things. I'm going to read you a quote out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? As we go through the days we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become more efficient. 
We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. We let God discipline us. And what I realized through that is that I was out of control. I wanted a more controlled life. I wanted a freer life. But part of that meant sacrificing some of the things I thought I wanted, like alcohol, so that I could transform myself into doing the things I did want, right? Or to have the things I wanted, which was joy, freedom, peace, sobriety. I wanted good relationships with other people. I didn't have any of that for many, many years. I didn't have any of that. It's like, what are the things that I need to do to have those things so that I can be what we term happy, joyous, and free? From a young age, I always saw discipline as something that if I do these things, it will bring me and, and make me happy, joyous, and free. I always saw it as something really great, not as something really bad, if that makes sense. You see it transformed. And there are four positive affirmations or disciplines that we think of when we're thinking about strengthening ourselves and our recovery, right? One, let go and let God. Give up control to some degree, right, and ask for help. It could be asking God for help, your higher power for help, whatever that is, and maybe even another person for help, right? Let go, let God. Have an attitude of gratitude. Always be grateful, even for the little things. And so I do that a lot, even during COVID. I think this is important. To keep it, you have to give it away, right? Life is about service, and service can bring you a lot of joy, all right? Service is what brought me to yoga. I lived for years in South Florida. I volunteered for a hospice for many years. It brought me a lot of joy. It also brought me a lot of pain. Hospice is a very hard place to volunteer. I moved up to back to Mississippi after the oil spill to do restoration work from the oil spill. And I found yoga. And then through yoga, I decided I wanted to be a teacher, but I hadn't gotten back to service and service was an important part of my life. And I thought and decided that I thought it would be really great if I could do service through yoga, right? Bring the peace to others that yoga was bringing to me. So after I did my 200 hours, I went and did training with an organization called Warriors at Ease. And then through that, it led me actually toward to Naval Special Warfare. And I've been an instructor there for five and a half years. And it has brought me a lot of joy to be there. And I think for some of the people that I have been able to serve there, I think they have also been able to grow a lot, right? And it's interesting how service brought me to yoga to bring me to other people. And those are, those are just kind of important things to, to keep in mind. And then after years, I wanted to learn more. And then I found Natalie and then went to do my 300 hours. And then started managing the studio and then brought all of you here to the studio because I wanted what Natalie brought to me to be able to continue to bring it to others. And then one of my most favorite affirmations, and this gets back to discipline, is if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I'm just going to say that again. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Waiting for life to change is a pretty passive solution. If you want something, you go out, you get it. You be proactive. By refusing to change your behavior mentally, you're going to get what you've always gotten. It's up to me to make the change, to ask God for help, right? If I want a handstand, I got to work for it. If I want to be happy, I have to work for it. 
If I wanna grow my practice, I gotta work, I gotta change, right? And then in developing self-disciplines in your life, and I am finally probably nearing to the end, right, of these positive disciplines, right? Your first step in the process is one, plan ahead. And I'm actually pulling a lot of this from Alcoholics Anonymous and some from yoga, right? It's kind of an interesting mix, right? Plan ahead, decide what you're gonna do ahead of time, develop a plan of action, and then do it. And it doesn't have, it can be with anything in your life, right? The other thing that I think is one of the most important things that I learned is stick with the winners. And that is a really good AA slogan that helps with anybody in struggling with discipline. And think about it as our tribe, right? Stick with the winners, stick with your tribe, right? The winners are the ones who have demonstrated victory in your areas of struggle, all right? Developing relationships on those who you can call on during your struggles that provide you the support you need. It's your tribe. Uh, it is really important, right? You do not have to be with negative people that bring you down. Make that choice, right? I always say, I don't do things I don't wanna do and I don't spend time with people I don't wanna be with. I don't. I don't spend with take time with takers or people that will suck you dry or I will limit that, right? I mean, A is pretty blunt. It says, don't hang with the losers, right? And the reason it's so strict, I'm just gonna be honest with you, is because at, those, at that point in your life, it's life or death, right? It's like, if you wanna live, you're gonna stick with the winners and you're gonna plan ahead or you're gonna die. You have one or two choices. And when life becomes like that strict for you, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna do those things. And I learned that at the age of 18, right? And then 46 years later, I'm still manifesting. How does it give me freedom? How is discipline about choices? Here's what's really practical about it. I prioritize my time. I believe my time, our time, is our only true commodity. I have this life. I only have so much time in a day. I will prioritize it. I set boundaries with it. I'm very careful about my time. I'm disciplined, and I even call myself selfish with my time. When someone says to me, do you have a minute? Sometimes I'll respond, I have three minutes. But then after three minutes, I'm done, right? And, and, and I, I'm that strict because three minutes adds up to six minutes, adds up to an hour, and then you're like, oh, I didn't make it to yoga practice because I stayed on the phone too long. Or I didn't make it to practice because I was scrolling through my Facebook page, right? And I got distracted. I always say this, I really don't do things I don't wanna do. And I say no when I wanna say no. And what I mean by that is, I mean, I, some people are gonna have children and you're gonna have a job and you gotta go to work. That's not really what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about like, how much time do we spend doing things we feel obligated to do? right? Like, well, I feel obligated because they asked me and I felt like I had to say yes. Why? Why are you saying yes to things you don't want to do? I'm, I mean, like, I, I, and, and I say that to people a lot. I wrote a blog and Natalie talked a little bit about our podcast about like, no is a complete sentence. I don't believe in lying. I don't lie. If someone asks me to do something I don't want to do, I'll say no. Or sometimes I'll say, no, I'm busy. And I could be busy watching Netflix on the couch. I don't care what other people think. I mean, I do a little bit, but mostly I just don't care, right? If I say no and someone's not gonna like it, well, that's okay. I'm okay with that, right? 
I stick with the winners. Like I said, I don't spend time with people I don't want to spend time with, right? When you limit that world, you have a lot more space in your life because you're spending time only with the people and the things or doing the things you value. And it could be service and it could be teaching yoga, right? It could be practicing. It could be here, but you make those choices. This morning, for example, I teach an advanced class on Sunday mornings, and it takes me a long time to prepare for that. I ask for help when I need to. So when I, Natalie asked me to do this talk today, I was like, I'm just going to get a substitute. And then I don't have to worry about it, right? So I ask for help when I need help, and that's okay. The other thing is, I really structure my time. I use a calendar. I stick with it. And I mean, I'm super structured. I mean, I'm 15 minute down to the 15 minute structured with my time. I even block out me time. During the week, on the weekends, right? I go to bed really early because I find when I'm staying up late, I'm just wasting my time either like watching more TV or watching social media. I get up at four or five every day. I like to walk, it's really important to me. I walk my dogs about three miles every morning. This morning I had more time, I walked four and a half miles, right? Then I go practice and then after I practice, Sometimes I'll come teach. If I'm teaching a 6.15 a.m. class, I'm getting up at 4 a.m., I'm walking, I'm practicing, and then I'm showing up to teach. And it takes discipline to go to bed early, to know that I have to schedule that time so I get enough sleep. I get between seven and 10 hours of sleep a night. Sometimes I sleep for nine and a half hours, depending on what I've got going on the next day, right? I really stick to that. I am not a morning person. I have to set an alarm every day. My dad thinks it's insane that I get up early because when I was a child, I used to sleep till noon every day. And he's like, what do you mean you get up so early? When I talk about like being disciplined, being a choice, I have to set an alarm every day. It is not natural for me to get up early. I'm an introvert at heart. I need lots of alone time, which is why I like to get up so early and walk and practice because I need lots of alone time before I start my day. It's really important for me to be alone. I do give myself a break when I know I'm tired. If I need to sleep in, I will, but I make that choice. The night before, I look at my calendar, I look at the day and I say, I'm very tired, I had a lot going on, I've worked really hard, it's okay for me to let myself sleep in tomorrow. But it's a choice, it's a choice that I make. As I talked about earlier, I set goals, and then a path to get there, right? Even if the path is four years, six years, whatever, whatever that path may be. I worked full time and put myself through school to get a PhD. And it took me six years to do it and it was exhausting. And there were times I cried, there's times I wanted to quit. It took a lot of time, it took a lot of discipline. I stuck with the winners, right? So I have a brother who's super supportive and I'd call him crying and being like, I can't do it anymore, I'm just so tired. And he goes, you can't quit because Dousmans aren't quitters. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And honestly, that those talks got me through, right? And I did achieve the goal I wanted to achieve. And I'm not gonna say it wasn't hard and it wasn't painful, but it helped me also achieve some personal things and jobs and, and, and other career choices in my life. I do still spend time giving to others. I do animal rescue. I do certain things like that, but I'm very careful about it. I'm very structured about it. And I only, I'm very careful about what I choose to give my time to. And I would say the reason I see discipline as my path to freedom and joy is because honestly, 
I'm not stressed out all the time because I'm structured, right? Got structure, right? I'm not doing the things I don't want to do. I'm not spending time with people I don't want to be with. Honestly, like that makes me really happy to be able to do the things I want to do. Not that I don't make sacrifices to do some things that you have to out of obligation, but those are much smaller than they used to be, right? Those things have, have narrowed. I've made job changes over the years because I wanted to be happier in my career and going to school or working on my resume and changing jobs was about making those choices. But I was never irresponsible. I never started a new job before I quit a job, right? I didn't just like, I'm going to quit because I don't like it. And then I have no income and no way to pay my bills. I never did that, right? If I don't like my job, I worked harder for another job, got that job, and then quit the current job, right? Working through those things. I only have this life, right? I don't want to waste it. I think it's really important to set boundaries. I talked to my brother a lot about setting boundaries with his, his time. He was very stressed out. I think it's really important for us with our time and the people that we love that spending time with them and being focused on them tells them that they are the most important thing to you. And take, saying, I'm going to put down the phone, right, while I'm spending time with my nieces, right? Or I'm spending time with them because I want them to know they are the most important thing at this moment. And you know what? The email, that's still going to be there, right? My day job, I manage a whole lot of people, not at the studio as part of my day job. But when I take a vacation, I'm like, guess what? I'm on vacation. I will be unavailable for 10 days, you all are going to have to figure it out, right? And I set everything up and make sure everything's organized, but I set that boundary with them. I'm not answering my email. I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm not going to be on Teams chats. I'm not going to be available. Here's all the things you have to do. And then that creates freedom and happiness in my life because I set those boundaries. I do believe actions, not words, are what matters, right? Discipline helps us. It helps me reveal what's truly important to me and to others. And I would say this like, I don't miss the alcohol today. I love music. I bring music into my yoga classes. I like to make people laugh. I like to have fun. And honestly, like in summary, make the choices that support you and the you you want to come. Maybe you have to forsake some momentary pleasures for future rewards, and that's okay. Choose to build character when times are tough, right? Do the things that you know are best for you. Don't worry about what other people think. Prioritize your time. Be selfish with it. Set goals. Stick with them. And I think the most important thing is like hold on for the blessing. Hold on for the freedom because you will have more time and more happiness and then you'll still be able to do like all the things you want to do because you there became disciplined with your life and with your time. So, in the end, tapas is the willingness to be both burned and blessed moment by moment. Who are you choosing to become? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, wasn't that so great? Well, like I said, I definitely recommend you go back, grab a journal if you like journaling, 
you know, answer some of those questions. It's going to really help you along your own journey of bettering your own life yourself. And, and then obviously when you better yourself, you better the life of everyone around you and planet earth. It's just like a ripple effect. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's anyone in your life you feel could benefit from this conversation, please share it. You know, the more we can share the love of positive things, mindset with the planet and the world, the better this beloved planet that we live in mother earth our home will become and be so love the podcast leave us a great review follow us on apple Podcasts or all of your favorite podcast platforms and i hope to see you very soon have a wonderful day